Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Glad you're back with us. I think this is episode 175. And we're starting a new series today. We're actually going to be talking through biblical womanhood. We're going to do a six-part series. And today we're just going to lay out some of the front-end stuff of this. And I've got a surprised special guest with me today. Hello. How's it going, babe? Hi. Going pretty good. Good. Jordan's going to be with me. I don't know if... Will you be here on every episode? I'm going to try. We'll see what happens. All right. So we're going to do a six-week series together. And I'm pretty excited about it. And pastors, we hope this is equipping to you as you're thinking through how to speak to women. It can be... Honestly, for pastors, it can be quite a frightening thing to speak about biblical womanhood in our day today, and I guess really back through multiple decades, maybe into a hundred years, I don't know, a long time now, it's been difficult to speak well, to women. Well, we're, we're seeing the fruit of pastors being scared to speak to women. Yeah, so that's the truth, absolute <laughs> truth. But we're going to go ahead and pray, and then what we want to do today is lay out the six words that are really the, the biblical survey it's kind of like the other end of the worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love for men. And I've done a lot of speaking to men over the last several years. And then we're going to just turn our direction to ladies and, and work through six words for the women, which is work, worship, work, help, submit, fear nothing, and love. And so we'll lay that out a little bit today. We're going to specifically look at what it means to be a worshiper as a woman. We're going to go ahead and pray first, and then we'll get started. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for your direction and leadership as we talk through this. And Holy Spirit, just thank you for the privilege of being able to do this. I pray this would be equipping to everybody that's listening in. And for the ladies that are listening in, God, I pray that they would be encouraged to obey you and honor you as as your daughters and that they would realize that they have marching orders from you, Jesus, their king, and uh, they want to obey you and your word. And Lord, thank you that we get to obey you. I get to obey you as a man and Jordan gets to obey you as a woman. And you call us to be Christ-like as a man or as a woman. And we want to honor you in that. So help us as we work through this. We trust you're going to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we started thinking about these when we found out I was pregnant with a girl, right? Is yeah, that well, when we started doing this? Yes. Okay. So we had Ransom and Valor. And the idea was we wanted to work through just, uh, I needed, I, I was grappling with, let, let's get a really from Genesis to Revelation picture of biblical manhood. And I'd read so many different books over the years on biblical manhood. And now that we had boys, it was like, okay, I wanted to... We're focused on how we wanted to raise sons. Yeah, and wanted to get definitions, like a, a thing that's replicable, that's memorable, and that's obviously biblical, and that I can pass down from one generation to the next. And also build these rites of passages around. And so you guys have listened to this and, and listened to the rites of passages if you've been with me for a while. And so now we're working through biblical womanhood with these six words. And as we're going through this, you'll be able to piece together, okay, this is where these words are coming from. And, you know, there, there are certainly things that are subcategories within and underneath these words that we'll explore. But we do think this, uh, I mean, I, I think this is pretty all-encompassing about who is a woman and what is a woman called to do? And and we in this first word, worship, we find the, the identity of a woman. But we really need to lay the, the groundwork. And pastors, this is just a really easy way as you're working through biblical womanhood is starting in Genesis chapter chapter 1 and 2 and 3. I mean, Genesis chapter 1 through 3 really has everything in it, so much in it that we need to know about the world and why it is the way it is, how it was intended to be, and then because of the fall, what happened. But let's lay out real quick for the ladies, every lady, if you're listening in, and for the pastors who are going to be preaching through sermon series and stuff like that, 
go back to Genesis 1, and we live in a world that this is controversial, and which is insane that it's controversial. I can't, like, th- honestly, 10, 15 years ago, when you first heard me preach anything on this at all, it was 2008, I think? Yeah, mm-hmm. before when, we were married. It was, before we were married. Yeah. I, pre- I preached on some of this stuff. And if we were able to fast forward to 2022, it's 14 years later, to be able to see what, or wait, is that 14 years or is that 12 years? Is that 12 years? 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four, yeah, 14 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Math. Uh, if we were able to fast forward, it would be shocking, I think, to realize that how, just how controversial the scriptures are. But right here in chapter chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. So we have mankind. Mm-hmm. What was that? I said them. Man the, and female yeah. created them. Yeah. Made, so, so male and female, both created in the image of God. And they are not androgynous. They're not just an asexual human being. And what's so crucial for us to understand from beginning to the end in Scripture is that God has created us as a, a man or as a woman, and he intends us to live that out. He doesn't intend us to live this life simply as a human being. I mean, to be a human is a wonderful thing, right? I mean, it's to be made in the image of God, and both male and female are equal in that. But the mistake that egalitarians or feminists make is to strip the beauty and the gift beyond equality that's given here right in Genesis chapter 1, and that's seen in just through a thread throughout the entire scriptures, is that God made us male and female. And so, for us to live as God intended us to live, we cannot simply pursue Christ-likeness. We have to pursue Christ-likeness as a man or as a woman. So, I think it's Rich, Rich Lusk that coined the term gendered piety. I used to call, mm-hmm. talk about how sanctification is engendered. There's no such thing as asexual or androgynous sanctification. We, we grow in Christ-likeness as a man or as a woman. But right here in Genesis, we see that the man and woman is both, in, just in essence, created and fully equal as image bearers before the Lord, which is huge. I mean, like, we have to know that. I mean, it's pretty basic, right? Right. That, so you've been created by God. So our, when we're going through our catechesis with our kids, who made you? God. Yeah. What else did God make? You and all things. Yeah. And why did God create you and all things? For his glory. For his glory. So. And one thing I was going to say on that, um, with just the being a worshiper, like to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And then how do you glorify God? By loving and obeying him. Mm -hmm. So like as a worshiper, what is our purpose? It is to glorify God. And we do that by loving and obeying him. And how do we obey him? We do that by obeying his commands to us. Mm -hmm. So my ears aren't always listening to the commands to men saying, well, yeah, you should be doing that. But my ears should be listening to what are the commands to women and doing that and striving for obedience as a woman in the commands to women. Yeah. The thing that is unique about image bearers, both the male and the female, is that we both are created. Sometimes we're created and commissioned in the exact same thing. And then sometimes God is going to speak specifically to the woman, and then sometimes God's going to speak specifically to the man. But in this piece, as a worshiper, we are both creating the image of God to worship God. And so for, for ladies, you are created to worship. That's why you exist. But here's the thing, just like with men. All women fell in Adam. And that means that every single woman in the world that's ever existed, that's ever breathed from Eden, from Eve forward, is a sinner. Newsflash, that every single woman that's ever breathed is a sinner. Because of the fall, everything's been corrupted, everything's been messed up, and we wonder why, why where we are today in the world. And it's because of sin. That's why. Like sin, is, sin has just permeated everything. And where did feminism come from? 
Well, it came from sinful people who were rebelling against God's law. It came from bad patriarchy. It came from men not doing what God had called them to do and women not doing what God called them to do. And then we get to where we are today and it's like this soupy mess of gender confusion to where gender is so eroded that men and women don't, like, those aren't even categories that people are thinking in anymore, men and women. And then even, like, in academic circles within Christianity, and, and many of you guys know, like, the Amy Birds of the world, the people that have been published through PNR even, where to be a man or a Christian man or a woman, the idea is, and this is like some complementarian circles, and this is why I really prefer the, the terms biblical patriarchy in this conversation, that somehow or another, all we are to do then is just to pursue Christ-likeness, and there is no such thing then as that godlyhood or womanhood. I mean, this is just, it's sin has just permeated everything, and it's gotten so far into the church and entrenched into the church that we don't even know how to speak in this these, this language anymore as men following Christ as men, women following Christ as women. Okay, so the fall has permeated everything, and women are sinners, and equal sinners to men, men and women both fallen, both in rebellion against God and both in need in need of a savior and have their only hope in Christ in Christ alone. So Christ comes and he lives a substitutionary life and, and dies a substitutionary death and raises from the grave defeating Satan's sin and death and he purchased a people for God and the people that he purchased are men and women his elect his his bride the father chose Jesus came to rescue and redeem that which was chosen for him his bride and then the spirit comes and applies that redemptive work and if you're in Christ Jesus, then you are saved and purchased by Christ. Christ, just, Christ purchases people. And so now we turn our attention to Christian women in particular. And as pastors, you're pastoring Christian women, starting first with your wife. Ladies have to know that they have been bought with a price, that Jesus has paid for their very life with his own blood. And that means that they do not own themselves. They are owned by another, just like the men. We are owned by our master, Jesus, that we belong to him and we are his servants. But I think this is really crucial when it comes to biblical womanhood as a worshiper. So, like, ladies, you don't exist for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't this a key piece of the conversation about biblical womanhood or just femininity or feminism or what we see in the world today is this idea that we belong to ourselves, we can do for ourselves what the Bible describes only God can do. And we can do it all now for ourselves. And instead why is that? Of God, instead of instead God, instead of worshiping God, we are now worshiping self. We're worshiping ourselves. Why is that such an issue with ladies in particular? Because like self self care certainly and self love has affected men as well. But there's this real pull for ladies. I don't like. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think because the job of a mom and a woman, and especially one that is working in the household, is it's a difficult, tiring job, and women are looking for hope outside of Christ. We're looking for the rest mm-hmm. that's only found in Christ, and Satan whispers lies that that can be found elsewhere when really the only true refreshment, only true hope is in the rest in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in this, a lot of pastors really struggle with speaking to women. Honestly, like you said at the very beginning, there's always a church, like, there's not always, but typically in a church, there is a scary group of women, okay? The the, the caricature is the that there's, you know, these five ladies within a church that the pastor is terrified of. He doesn't want to speak to them, doesn't want to address them, wants to avoid them at all costs, and these five women rule the church. They run the church because everybody's terrified of them. And somehow, this idea really has gotten in with a lot of Christian women is that that life is about them, and it's a, it's about doing for themselves what they deem to be the most fulfilling 
Yeah, it's just, uh, it's about me. It's me first. Mm-hmm. Me first. Mm-hmm. Not that men don't struggle with that. For goodness sake, we all have indwelling sin that we've got to slay. But there is somehow or another this idea that we belong to ourselves rather than belonging to Jesus. And this is where we find our first piece for biblical womanhood is that the woman exists to worship God. She does not exist to live for herself and for her glory. Because of what Christ has done, this has shaken her out of this former identity that she existed in in the world as somebody who just lives for herself and does whatever she feels is right and follows whatever the whim of popular opinion is. And instead of now following the devil, which she used to follow, she's now in the army of the Lord. She follows the Lord, and that means she's got marching orders. This is not about, you know, the scary word subjugation or something like that in a bad way. This is a glorious subjugation, that we are subjects to the king. Yeah, and the glorious thing about laying your life down for Christ is that that's how we actually gain it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. how we actually gain freedom is by being a slave of Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just the topsy-turvy world of the gospel and, and following Jesus is that the world wants to tell you that when you prioritize self, that that's where freedom and rest lie. And it's like, no, actually, when you lay your life life down for Christ, when you serve others wholeheartedly because that's what you've been called to do, that's where true freedom and true joy exist. Mm -hmm. And that's the glorious part of womanhood is we were built to be nurturers. We were built to be givers of our life, of our body, of our existence for another. And um, it's what God created us to do, and that's where true Mm -hmm. glory lies for the woman. Yeah. And that's what you have to understand when it comes to who you are. Who are you? Well, you're a daughter of the Most High God, and you are a servant of the King. The Holy Spirit has moved you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so, ladies, you're going to take yourself into all these other categories that we're going to be working through over the next six weeks. Worship, work, help, submit, fear nothing, love. And each one of these, as you're living this out as an obedient woman, you're going to do that as a worshiper. So this is why this is so crucial on the front end, is this is who you are. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to King Jesus. You, the, the God of the universe has rescued you. And so you belong to him. You're, you're in this new kingdom now, this new way of living. And so before you're anything else, before you're anyone else, like you have to know, this is who I am. I belong to God. And I get my orders from him. And I want to obey him and honor him because of what he's done for me in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to be a woman, is to be a worshiper. What do you think? Anything else? No longer are you searching for identity elsewhere. Who am I? What is my identity and my purpose? God Mm -hmm. has given you one. He's bought you with a price and you're a daughter of the king. Yeah. That's what's so great too about the catechisms is like you you get the biggest questions in life answered already. You, You don't have to go around trying to find out your purpose, trying to find out your meaning. Ladies, you have your purpose. You have your meaning. Glorify God. Enjoy him forever. That's why you exist. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. Please uh, subscribe, share this, rating or review. Jordan, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. fun.